We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Sup? Sorry we missed a week. I know we had just got started, then we had to miss a week because I was out for <laughs> three weeks. COVID Jed. I know. I, whole family got the COVID. but we, Jed 19. We made it safely to the other side, <laughs> okay. thank goodness. Uh, but glad to be back. Thank you for your patience as we get ready for another one of our conversations. But here we go. So... I, while I was at home and had time, I was doing quite a bit of reading and listening to some other podcasts and talking with different people um, just on the phone. And a, a concept that kept coming up was the desire to change or for other people to change. And so the question basically comes about, can people change? And then secondary to that that we hope we might get to is, should we as Christians expect people to change? <clears throat> That's a very interesting question and a deep question, really, because it, it involves several parts. First mm. part is the very notion of free will goes back to can people change. Yeah. Um, you go back to passages like Joshua twenty four fifteen, choose you this day whom you will serve. Mm -hmm. As for me and my house, you know. So... Certainly, man can choose to serve God. Yeah. Now, um, lest we... Well, let's, let's use one more first. In okay. Ezekiel 18, if you'll turn over there. Sure. Paul, uh, Paul, Ezekiel, you guys, that's, <laughs> it's early in the morning. All right, Ezekiel is talking about how that fathers and sons and grandsons are not responsible for one another's sins and that each one is responsible for their own sin. If that's true, which it is, then if we're responsible, we must have the ability to choose to do right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the last two or three verses of the chapter where the last paragraph starts there right above your... And so... Right there, Ezekiel yeah. Ezekiel 18, that last couple of verses, mm -hmm. verse 30... Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent, turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed, and make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. All right, so he says, make you a new heart and a new spirit. Why do you have to die? Why do you want to be punished? Yeah. Turn, repent, and live. So obviously it's a choice mm -hmm. whether one wants to change. And you mentioned people wanting to change. Repentance means to change your direction and literally in the New Testament word, change your mind. Okay. So, so to want to change, to decide to change right. is part of this process. Yeah. 
And I think that the word you use there, repentance, is a big part of it. It is. Because <clears throat> it's changing towards something. Yes. And in the Christian context, and I think this is kind of where we might start drawing some some differences, in the Christian context, we're turning towards Christ. Yeah, we're right? turning away from sin, we're turning toward God, we're turning toward Christ. But, again, you have to want to change your mind. But the other part of this, which is totally necessary here, <clears throat> yes, people choose, yes, people can change, but, mm -hmm. biblically speaking, mm -hmm. This change really is done by God to people if people allow the change. Okay. And the choice to allow God to change you. See, now, if you think of I can change, and it's just the emphasis is on me. Right. Then, you know, you've got the old books like Psycho-Cybernetics and all the self-help books yeah. you know oh yeah that we have today and you can do this you can change by <clears throat> our own strength of will we can make it happen yeah but yeah. there are fundamental things that will not change by our own strength of will hmm. and in the bible it teaches that when we let god inside of us then god can change us now we choose to let god in yeah we choose to submit to god but it's only God that can change. And and I got a couple of scriptures that will help us there. Go yeah. ahead. Well, here, the one that kept coming up in a lot of the discussions I was having was the Romans 12 passage, those okay. first couple of verses. And and I was always struck by, we tend to jump to the, you know, holy and acceptable to God and, you know, be transformed. But it starts with that, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, and it's by the mercies of God. Yeah, so, the idea there is that <clears throat> based on the foregoing in Romans, which explains the grace and mercy and love right. of God and how he gives us that in Christ, we are so moved by that. Mm -hmm. See, that's the first step that we can't skip. Right. We're so moved by that that we are moved to present ourselves. If you go back to Romans 6, mm -hmm. and if you go to verse 11 through 13 there, you'll find this idea. Yeah. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not present your members to sin as an instrument for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought, bought, no, brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. All right, so before you can really present yourself to God, which is a choice, mm -hmm. According to Romans 6, you have to die to sin, be buried in baptism, be raised to walk a new life. Right. Dying to sin means the old man being crucified. But again, in my experience, we tell people what, but we don't tell them how. Yeah. See? So how does that happen? Well, right. that happens, biblically speaking, <clears throat> when a person allows God's word to be planted in their heart. Hmm. Now, again, you use the word allow. That means you make a choice to let it in or not. Yeah. A couple it, of passages. So, so it's something that his spirit is at work, and it's there, and it's present. Yeah. But we can choose to ignore it. Picture, picture God or Jesus or the spirit, like Revelation 3, Jesus, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right. So he's knocking at the door through the teaching of God's word. Yeah. But you have to do like Revelation 3 says, to him that opens, mm -hmm. if you open the door, I'll come in. But you have to open the door. 
Or we can do like when someone <clears> knocks <throat> that we don't know, we turn off the lights and we hide in the back room. And Exactly. <laughs> and, and particularly there's a passage I've been teaching lately in John, in John the 8th chapter. Okay. And Jesus talks about what a true disciple is. <clears throat> John 8, 31, he says, If you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Yeah. But he, a discussion ensues there with people that were not listening to Jesus' word. And read how yours translates verse 35. Let's see. The slave does not remain, verse uh, 35? Verse 37. I'm sorry. That's okay. Verse 37, the ESV says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. All right, my word finds no place in you. The, some translations say my word has no room in you. Hmm. Some, <clears throat> some translations say my word does not have free course in you. Yeah. So you can imagine a, a room that is packed to the doors, and you're trying to move something else into the room, and there's no space yeah. for it. There's no place for it. And a little bit later here, down in verse 43 of that same chapter, mm -hmm. read, read that. <clears throat> verse 43 says, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Okay, yours adds the word bear, which isn't in the, okay. in the original, but it says literally in the Greek text, you cannot hear me. You cannot hear my word. Yeah. The previous passage in verse 37 says, My word has no place in you. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, people can change, but they must choose first to to make a place inside okay. of themselves for God's word and to really hear his word. And so is it just <clears throat> that the words themselves are a catalyst for change, or is it that the words present what they should be changing towards? Now, there is the word of God when it's when somebody opens their mind enough to really listen to it and really hear it and really understand it, and then they welcome it inside of them so that they make room in their thoughts to think about it mm -hmm. and to, to be convicted by it and to be changed in their thinking by it. So you're, you're consciously making space and allowing God's Word to come in you're you're not just blowing it off. You're giving yeah. it a real heartfelt consideration. You're allowing space to think about it in yeah. there. But if it, you do that, yeah. then it starts working inside of you. So I guess what I'm getting to <clears throat> is when you're thinking about it, is it just, oh, I love God, I love God, I want to change? Or is it no. God is calling me to look different, and so I'm... No, you're, it, it's too surface here. The message of man's sin, the message of God's love at the cross, mm -hmm. the message of, of God's plan of salvation, the call to submit to, to Jesus. Yeah. All of that has a profound intellectual and emotional effect on somebody who allows that. Okay. If you allow that, you're not just chunking facts. You're not just thinking about facts. Yeah. There's genuine conviction where there you say... Go. You say, wow, 
I really think I get, I really see this. I really believe this is true. If that's true, then, and yeah. you start thinking all these other things, and then you're letting God's word mm-hmm. work on you. Yeah. And so, what are, like, what is the person being convicted about? They're being convicted about their own lostness and sinfulness. They're mm-hmm. being convicted about the great love of God that applies to them personally, that mm-hmm. God loves me. Yeah. They're being convicted that there is a way to be to be uh, whole and, and one with God and for my, my inner being to be okay and that I have a purpose in life in Jesus, uh, that, that this thing about sin and righteousness is really a real thing and I really need to, you know, I not only need to, but I want to mm. conform to that. See, need is intellectual yeah. want is more the emotional is more side. the emotional yeah because <clears throat> i think so many times people get to this point and they say well all i'm being convicted of is just how bad i am when what we're also seeing is there's also the conviction that some of the reasons why i struggle in life and i have sin in life is because i'm searching after things that only god can provide sure and so i'm also convicted of that truth right that's present <clears throat> and see <sighs> How can I say this? The in in Colossians chapter four, mm-hmm. I think about verse three or so. Let's see what that says. Okay, Get Colossians in here. Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians four three. Yep. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Keep going. That I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. All right. So just me reading a verse out of the Bible is not going to unleash the power of God unless... And you and I have talked about this many times. If if I can simply, by guiding somebody through here, convey the actual message that God has mm-hmm. without just jerking things out of context and doing, yeah. you know, if I can actually convey that message and people get that message and they understand that message and they are personally convicted by that message. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden they say, well, you know, maybe I ought to think about this more. And so they're making more room for the Word of God. They didn't used to have that much room, but now there's a little bit of conviction. So they're making more room. Yeah. Then they begin to listen more and to to soak in more and to really contemplate more. And that results in, wow, conviction. Yeah. Real conviction means... That's really right. That's really true. What am I going to do about that? See, mm. then you've got, you've got, I need to make some decisions and you've got seeking and searching and you're leading toward commitment. Those are things that happen inside of a person when they let the real teaching of God's word get hold of them inside. Yeah. But they have to open the door. So in the context of Christ, change happens through him through God's Spirit, through God's Word, and it's yeah. all because we're focused on making space for that. Right, and and you think of the simple parables like the parable of the soils. 
and you think of this statement, my word has no place in you. Well, mm. you know, the devil used ways to take the word away before it ever got in with the wayside ground. Yeah. The stony ground, there was no place for the word to take root in the person's mind. It couldn't couldn't really break in there to to really be thought about and con, con, you yeah. know, considered. The, the thorny ground, there were so many things going on in the person's life that had their attention, they couldn't stop and give attention to let the word work, see? Yeah, so those are illustrations of like the possibilities of what a mind may look like, so to say. Right. But now here's where, as the person who may be desiring change in another person, Sometimes yeah. we hear that and we read, oh, well, that means that all minds are immutable. Like the stony ground is always going to be stony ground and the, you know, the good ground is always going to be good ground. No, you can take the stones out of the ground. You can weed the thorns out of the ground. Because that wasn't the point of that <clears throat> particular passage. Right? No, it wasn't. But yeah. people, people may come to a point in their life where they're at a, they really are suffering something and they're a real crossroads and they realize for the first time, look, I'm not okay without God in my life. Hmm. And I think the good and honest heart of Luke 8, what, 15 or something like that, Let's see. is the seeking heart, the open heart, the open mind that really is now ready to give God's word full consideration. Okay. Um, so if you're the person who's hoping someone will change well that see now you're talking about changing another person and it's not up to you or me okay so that's where if you're whether it's a family member a friend or whatever is it right is it good is it useful however we want to put it there for you to be praying for that change to happen or to be working towards you know keeping these thoughts in the forefront of their mind what i would pray is that examples of true discipleship be set in front of them that if if necessary they be brought to a crisis point in their life where they realize their need for god but there's no god is no respecter of persons there's no outside way that can make a person change as we've talked about many times people do not do what they themselves do not want to do right what makes you want to? Yeah, and I know we can't <clears throat> make them, right? but can we pray for that desire to be present? God is not going to just put that desire in them. Hmm. The Bible doesn't support that. Otherwise, see, God would be a respecter of persons. Why put the desire in one and not put the desire in another? So all the prayers that we hear on a Sunday morning or in a Bible class where a parent prays for their child or prays about you know, their neighbor or whatever, is that basically a useless prayer then? You're killing me, Jed. I, I'm, this, this is rubber meets the road the way people really... I think sometimes things. the prayers that they pray are useless. But I do think that other times, you know, sincere people are praying, Lord, you know, please place Christian people in the path of yeah. these people and please, please um, spare this person's life so that they'll have more opportunity to... Yeah, you know, um, help me to be a good influence in that person's life, and yeah. not to be seen as a hypocrite, but genuine and real. Yeah, uh, we can pray all those things, but we're not going to pray change into well, no. a person's life. It's yeah. not going to happen. It's not that 
I think that by me praying for it, it happens. But the same way, mm. it's the same way if I'm praying for the things that God has promised to happen, if I'm praying for those things to happen, it's not me desiring it. It's me <clears> saying, God, I know you desire this for them. Well, if we could get back biblical, if you think about Cornelius and Peter, mm. Cornelius is praying. Yeah. He's a seeker. Mm-hmm. He wants God in his life. Right. That's way different than a person that doesn't care and doesn't want God in their life. Mm. God gave them up to a reprobate mind to do those things that were not fitting, Romans 1, 28. Mm. So what's the difference? God's, God's not going to force that reprobate mind to change. But a yeah. seeker who's a praying seeker and a teacher that is a praying teacher, God's going to help those people get together mm. so that the seed can be planted. But see... A, the word of God has no place in a reprobate mind. Yeah. A seeker makes a space for it. Mm. That's a choice. So, so if you have someone who's actively choosing to not follow God at that point, at this point, what would you pray for them? I would pray for the people that might be able to have an influence on them. Mm. So a common prayer that I'll hear is, Lord, may you soften their hearts, or may you open yeah, their hearts. And, and that may be, be through the people, through something they hear, through some message they hear. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I think just trying to parse it out, because we don't want people to be like, oh, so that means I just give up on the person. But, but see, we're. I understand and I understand the heart of parents, grandparents, children. I get that. Believe me, oh, I get sure. it. Yeah, I mean, you probably sat across the desk from many people. Many, or, you know, yeah. But biblically speaking, you're, the question here is: Can people change? Yes, they can. But the matter of choice mm. is in there, without question. Yeah. And the matter of the person himself or herself yeah. making room. For God's word in their heart. Yeah. Until those things happen, that person's not going to change. Yeah. So we can desire it. We can <clears throat> pray for the people that are around them, but we need to also recognize that there's nothing we physically at least can do. And maybe even if we think that by praying about it multiple times, it's for sure going to happen because God's piling it up because we're such a good person. That's not the attitude to have, at least. I don't think so. And I think that by being what God wants us to be in the presence of such a person, by being consistent, by by loving, mm. by doing all those things, if that heart can be opened, those things yeah. will open it. That's where I think of... Uh, I forget if this is in the first Peter passage or, or, but where he's talking about like husbands and wives and the wife who is the wife of an unbelieving husband. First you know, Peter three. There we go. We set that good example, you know, in hopes that she might, he might be one without a word by the good behavior of his wife. Yeah. Yep. So, and that wouldn't just apply to a husband and wife situation. That's could be anybody. Idea. Yeah. <clears throat> could be a friend of yours at work, but biblically speaking, there are people who are hard ground mm. there are people who are stony ground yeah there are people who are thorny ground 
and there are people who are good soil. Yeah. What is good soil? And what do I have to do to be good soil? Mm. Because see, you today, you still want God's word planted in your heart. You want to know it. You want to think about it. You want to do it. You're a seeker. Mm. Not just a seeker before your Christianity, but you're a seeker as a Christian. See, without being a seeker, without being a, well, Acts 2, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Acts 7, yeah. when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. But it was totally different because one group had no place for the word and the other group had an open heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, even people who followed Jesus while he was on earth, eventually there was a point when they went, that's too much for us. Right. You know, and they walked away. That's right. It was still choice. Yeah. It was a choice. And that was with the Lord and Savior <clears throat> right there with them, you know, yep. physically. And you know, you think about this, can people change? Um, in Genesis 3.15, mm -hmm. um, God's talking to the serpent. Mm -hmm. I will put enmity between you, serpent, and the woman, right. and between your offspring, serpent, and her offspring. Okay? Well, if you play that out in Genesis, in the next chapter, the offspring of the serpent is Cain. Mm. And the offspring of the woman is Abel. Yeah. Abel has a good submissive heart, and Cain does not. And in Genesis 4, verse 7, I think, read that for me. This is God talking to Cain. Uh, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So at that point, Cain could have changed. He could have opened his heart. Mm. But as the seed of the serpent, he had no room in him. He had not made room. He did not choose to make room. He kept going on his path. Hmm. And then in the end of Genesis 4, verse 25, 26, they had another son, and she said, God has given me, the woman, another offspring in the place of Abel, not in the place of Cain. He was the right. devil's offspring. Right. Hmm. Okay. That raises some interesting questions, doesn't it? It does. Now, of course, all of this is in the context of Christ. We're not talking about, you know, can people change their eating habits or anything? That's, no. That's for no, a we're talking about can I fundamentally... Is, yes. Will, can my life fundamentally change? And I would, I would boil all this down by saying this. You on your own, I don't believe so. With God in your heart and life, if you open your heart to God's word and if you let it convict you and convert you and bring you to commitment and let you change decisions and you keep doing that, your life will change amazingly and oh, fundamentally. Yeah. But yeah. you have to let it be. And so is it a false hope for someone to hope in change? No, but no. you can't. Th there are so many people who so badly want to affect other people. There are many people that I have tried and tried and tried to teach, and they won't accept it. Sure. But the time I'm wasting on that person, mm. I've figured out that I'd be better served to find those good and honest hearts that are ready to accept yeah. the word. So, I mean, I, that sounds harsh, but it's really not. So I guess, if you don't mind, the, the personal question would be, 
So when you send that person out the door for the last time and you're not planning to have a study with them or something. I, I, I don't what, don't say it that way okay. because what I would do is say, look, well, th- that's look, what man, was... woman, whoever you are, I really love you. The greatest joy of my heart, and I've said this to somebody, would be to see you obey the gospel. Yeah. But you don't seem to be ready to change your life. And so let's stop for a while and... You think about things, and anytime you're ready, anytime you want to, I want okay. you to yeah. come and let's talk and let's, you know, but but I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. So that's the way we leave it, but we leave the door open. Okay, yeah, and I think that's... Why that, would we ever do anything else than yeah. leave the door open? That's what I think we want people to hear is that even in those most stony of grounds, there's always hope. It may not come from you. It may yeah, come from somebody else. Years later. But it's like Ezekiel, city. you know, he said, why do you want to die, O house of Israel? Turn right. yourselves and live. But you can't make them do that. Right. So it's it's almost <clears> like <throat> have hope, but don't have a, what, what would it be, Pollyanna-ish hope? Where yeah, you and just don't, go, don't be obsessed with something you can't control. Yeah, there we go. You have to let... God the person <laughs> be responsible for themselves and yeah. God to do God's work as God sees fit. Yeah. So don't shut the door, but maybe find a more biblical and spiritually healthy approach. Well, I would have been trying to do that from the beginning. Well, sure. But but sometimes we're so involved <clears throat> in the situation that yeah, we're give throwing space. everything. Give space. Yeah. And sometimes it's only the circumstances of life yeah. that will bring such a person to their knees that they will really want God in their life. Hmm. Okay. And even then, when great suffering comes, some people just deny God and curse him, and other people want to embrace him. So that's still a matter of, what's that yeah. word? That's their choice. Choice. There you go. Yeah. That's all, folks. I don't think it's all, but that's probably where we'll stop for today. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it is a very personal and tough subject, all right? So, Dan, I appreciate you kind of walking through and thinking back to some, some very practical things you've probably been through and people you've sat across from, um, because there's a lot in the Bible to understand out of this, and sometimes the way we approach it feels good and makes us feel like we're doing something when in actuality we're not really following that pattern of the choice that they have to make. Yeah, and maybe we have, we we lead into another topic for another time here, but related to this, and we do have to quit, but there are many people, I think, that are afflicted with the Calvinistic idea that the only way we can change is if God more or less forces a change on you. Um, like you were reading that one document yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I was reading and, the Westminster Confession and yesterday. It, it talked yeah. about elect infants, you know. Oh, yeah. And those chosen infants, sometime in their life, God is going to go kaboom and blast them. And when God touches them with his mighty finger, they're all of a sudden going yeah. to change because God changed them. They didn't have anything to do with it. The matter of choice, repentance, meh. They yeah. just, God zapped them and that's it. See, that takes all responsibility away from the individual. Right. That's false. Yeah. Categorically false. Yeah. 
Okay. So there's lots more to discuss there. If you have any specific questions on on this sort of idea about change, repentance, conviction, you know, those sort of things, we've done some discussions on it in the past, but I think this is our first real deep dive into the personal the mechanisms change. of it. Yeah. yeah. How does it happen? Um, so if there's anything else you want us to discuss in the future, by all means, send us comments, let us know. We've been responding to a bunch of comments this past month. Uh, it's been great hearing from everybody. Uh, heard from Quito, Ecuador yesterday, you know, just amongst some other places. So keep let, letting us know you're out there. Uh, we want these to be as encouraging and beneficial as possible. So the more practical, the better. God bless. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.